If I ever did write a book, it would be called Your Ankles Are Attached to Your Ears. Because it basically, you're, you are one piece. If you hurt your ankle, your left pinky knows about it. Welcome to the HGW Podcast. We're your hosts, Zoe Sakutis and Erica Huss, founders of Blueprint Cleanse, the iconic juice brand that sparked a multi-billion dollar category. We bootstrapped, scaled, and sold, and now we're moving on. We put down the juicer and picked up the mic to start a conversation. We'll bring you behind-the-scenes information on leading brands and emerging ideas in this rapidly evolving world of wellness. Every Wednesday, we chat with experts or entrepreneurs who help us cut through the noise and bring you information you can actually use. No shaming, no guilt, just the cold-pressed truth about real ways you can feel better, mentally, physically, and emotionally. And bonus, we even share our often humiliating personal experiences, all in the name of your wellness journey. Clinical studies have shown that writing five-star reviews improves mood and circulation. So if you like what you hear, give us some love and share with a friend. Often irreverent and occasionally intuitive, consider us your navigators on the bumpy highway to well. Good afternoon, Erica. Good afternoon, Zoe. I feel like it would be fun if we had like an actual theme song. Jingle? Yeah. Don't we know somebody that can write us a good jingle theme song? Can we just write our own? Well, no, we don't know how to do that. No. How do you write a jingle? Wasn't that like... Joey Tanner's job on Full House? Or no, no, no. It was John Stamos's job on Full House. Was it? He was a jingle Yes. Man. Yeah, because he Joey wrote jingles. Was, Joey was the comedian. Um, comedian. No, yeah, John Stamos. He wrote jingles? Yeah, that was his job. for a jingle house, actually. Really? Yeah, it was one of Should my, we look them up? No. It, it, it did not end on good terms. <laughs> um, but yeah. How does a jingle house end on bad terms? We, we don't have to talk about it. But okay. um, I think maybe we should put it out to our listeners. Anybody have some suggestions or submissions <laughs> for how we can get a great theme song? Yeah, I think it's time because our intro is just kind of whack. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> Sad trombone. Um, anyway, okay, having nothing to do with any of that. Nothing to do with any of that. <laughs> at all. Um, we both had a lovely chat with... Dr. Joe. Dr. Joe Eskenazi, who is a dying breed in this industry. Yes. One who pairs kinesiology and chiropractic Applied work. Applied kinesiology, we learned from him. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, and I guess so. Yeah. And also he combines some a lot of Eastern practices and he's big. He's it's very holistic. He's and- like a holistic chiropractor, but he also studied kinesiology, which is how our body basically moves, which you'd think would be important if not a prerequisite to practice chiropractic. You would think. You would think, right? We learned that there were chiropractors that at one point had never heard of kinesiology. Yes, which is alarming. But So people aren't really doing what he does. You know, it just, it doesn't really pay uh, what it, it takes a lot of, a long time to study this. So um, everyone's cheaping out. But we depend on him greatly because he has um, cured us and our, loved ones yeah. for years now. Has treated so many people in our in our circles. And I think he's just, I mean, he really has valuable information that's very common sense approach on wellness. It has nothing to do with doing outlandish, crazy, you know, go... Outlandish. Outlandish. Outlandish, Blanche. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like, he's not telling you you got to go sit on like a mountaintop and meditate for three hours and, you know, take 20 different supplements and whatever. He's just saying like, 
I don't know. I feel like you had really very like practical common sense He's advice. Basically, everyone just calm down. Calm down. Go take a walk. Go take a walk. Look up. Look up. I like And like, that. you know, um, eat for your blood type. I don't know. He's got a lot of good, yeah, well-rounded it, information. It really ranges. Just it's how to kind of age gracefully and kind of keep keep ourselves strong as we move through our stressful lives and as we move through, you know, the different chapters of our life. So yeah, so continue folding your laundry and please to enjoy Dr. Joe Eskenazi. We have a very special guest. A very special guest. Yes. Where are we? We are in the offices of Dr. Joe Eskenazi. Dr. A, Dr. Joe, whatever you want to call him. DJ. <laughs> all of our all of our shorthand that we use because you are the man that we've both been going to. Wait, does anyone call you DJ? No. Okay. What do people call you? Dr. A comes Dr. A? Yeah. Dr. Joe? Yeah. Let us preface this by saying, mm-hmm. so you are chiropractic and kinesiologist and magician extraordinaire who I have known since... Yeah. Um, five? I don't know. Four? You treated mm-hmm. both of my parents. Mm-hmm. Really? Four? I, I mean... Yeah. Since, oh, I guess so. Yeah. You treated both of my parents. And then you, Zoe, and... Yes, I have been coming here for... For quite some time, all, I brought all my issues to the door. And Chris. And Chris. Yep. Chris, my um, loving husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I sent everyone here. Yeah. I brought so, my babysitter here. I sent girlfriends here because you have like the magic touch. It's really mm-hmm. incredible, the work that you do. Well, you have, a rare, you have a rare combination, right? Of not a lot of chiropractors, but also... Not anymore. Study no. kinesiology. No. Why is that? Can we start with what is kinesiology? What is kinesiology? Yeah, and what is chiropractic and how how do they meet? (laughs) Well, chiropractic, um, I have chiropractic orthopedic degree and then the kinesiology straight up is the study of human motion, athletic motion, all right? So you know the muscles that get you to move, to run, et cetera. That combined with chiropractic, somebody... In actually in Michigan, brought together a technique of acupressure, so Eastern medicine with muscle testing. And he called it applied kinesiology. Mm-hmm. And from that, you can test a certain muscle group. He saw connections between a muscle group and an organ set. And that's how you start to test and see where's the weakness. And that just brings it up for me to ask the question Does it, do you have a problem here? Mm-hmm. Right, just like I was just telling you, to, I asked her, "Did you ever wear braces?" She said, "Why?" Right. And it just there's a connection between muscle and something in the jaw. So that's applied kinesiology. Then I would use the word acupressure, like an adjective, and say that's what the treatment would be. Mm-hmm. And the combo of taking Eastern into what is really chiropractic is really very physical medicine, mm-hmm. right? Adjusting, moving the spine, alleviating pressure there. So that's very physical, but you take the Eastern to figure out what else is going on from that and you can treat it using pressure. You could use it, treat it using exercise. You could treat it using nutrition. Which you do all of those. Things. Right. And then yeah. you combine it all and you, you need to do it mm-hmm. all because... You don't ever know what's going to walk in. I mean, that, that patient in the mess yeah. over here. <laughs> yes, that that 
that patient in the book mm-hmm. that you get when you're in school, right. that patient never, never walks in. No. no. Well, I just think, and I, I would like to understand better how you made the decision to combine these two, especially because you've been in practice for how long? Yes. I mean, since 82. Not to age you, yes. but yes. <laughs> right. Since 82. Okay. And so that was yeah. definitely not an era where people were focusing on holistic treatment, at least in here in New York City, for right. example. Predates. So. But I mean, I've always found it fascinating that, just like you said, you've been able to identify issues or root causes of issues that have nothing to do with how it's actually presenting in very. I say magical ways. I think like there was one time that you actually diagnosed me over the phone, like when I was at college and I had a pinched nerve. And I remember like oh, my yeah. mom relaying, yes. she was <laughs> like, have you been eating meat? And I was like, no. And she said, well, Dr. A says you need to be eating more meat because your, your joints are like, there was some diagnosis that had to do with mm-hmm. my diet and you didn't even see me. And you were totally correct, by the way. Um, Why? Because then you started... It was something about the cushioning of yeah. my joints that just like there was not enough. She wasn't getting enough fat or protein. Right. Which is, happens when women go to school the first time. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Or happen. they get too much fat and uh-huh. whatever. But, um, but so how did you arrive at... Well, how did you kind of get into all of this? And how did you arrive at finding this combination of all of these practices in order to have your own yeah. take on well, it's it's I always say I started with like the definition of a lucky break. Because right, I was at University of Maryland, and this will make you both feel better. I was an accounting major. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> was my very first semester. I had gone through a whole lifetime of playing every sport there was, never hurt or broke anything. Hmm. And I was there for four or five weeks, broke my arm. So now you're in a cast from your fingertips to your shoulder. In those days, you didn't have a laptop computer. You had to carry the ledger book. I could uh-huh. no longer write the numbers in the ledger book for accounting. <laughs> <laughs> Why does you couldn't carry okay. your abacus anymore. And, and, right. You couldn't, you, yeah, right? You couldn't like, take that like, class anymore. How, what, what am I going to do? I'm a freshman. And in those days, out-of-staters didn't get a dorm. What so did you, you say? So you had to live. I, got a, I lived in a fraternity house. As okay. a first semester freshman. Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's funny how it worked out because I'm walking back from class. This accounting professor isn't going to give me a break at all. I'm going to have to learn how to write lefty in the box. And our John Bellucci was sitting on the porch mm-hmm. as I walked back. And he says, What's the matter? And being the first semester freshman in a frat house, you have to answer. <laughs> nah. So I tell him, and he says, Put your books down, come with me. So let's make a long story. <laughs> I walk with him. Again, no computers. So he takes me to administration. He calls the woman over, says, what class are you in? What this? She looks it all up. She gives him some slips. He makes her watch me sign it because I have to sign lefty. And okay. And I, he, I take the pink one. She keeps two of them. And we're walking back. And halfway back, I finally get guts up to ask him what did we do right i have no idea and i'm not allowed to ask him right He's like an eighth semester senior this guy <laughs> so he says you dropped the course and i'm like what he says you could do that we just did it didn't we <laughs> he says yes you'll take it another time don't worry okay so now i'm out of accounting and at maryland in those days if you hurt yourself you took a course called adapted phys ed 
Okay. So I wound up with an instructor once the cast came off doing that class. He says, what's your major? And I tell him, he says, no. He says, you're too good at this. Go up there. They're starting a new major called kinesiology. Wow. I said, okay. So I go up there. <laughs> and uh, in a school of 35,000 kids, I was number 34 to wow. sign up for kines. Wow, that's and amazing. And so I got started. And that's strictly the science of kinesiology, mm-hmm. movement, study, muscles, etc. And then you just combine it with pre-med and you go on well, your merry way. Then then my parents had uh, season tickets to hockey, right? Another And across the aisle, my father being school teacher, my mother school teacher, wasn't too thrilled that if I go to medical school, he says, people are going to wake up at three o'clock in the morning. Why are you doing that? <laughs> And then he, this guy says, there's a guy sits across from me, some kind of doctor, and uh, nobody wakes him up at three in the morning. So go to a game and talk to him. <laughs> you want to be that okay. kind of Yeah, you want to be. What he was, that's yeah. more, that's what he was. <laughs> okay. It winds up, he's a chiropractor. Never, I never heard of it. Yeah. Didn't know what it was. You had never heard of a chiropractor. chiropractor. No. And he says, where are you? Maryland says, oh, what's your major? And I said, kinesiology. He almost fell down because he was like the second or third man to be working with this other man in Michigan to develop this new technique called applied kinesiology. Wow. So once I got through school, I went to his office, which was on 58th and Lex. And that's probably where I saw your parents when I yeah, was up there. Yeah, because she worked on 59th and yeah. Park, my mom. That's crazy. And I was there for four years and then here. So I combined it, learning from him. And he also helped out with uh, TMJ work, et cetera. So we went to do some of that. And little by little, you keep developing the technique on your own. So you start to combine it because you see that this is the better way to do it. You get to spend more time with somebody. You get to develop. You, you know what's there. You find other things that maybe somebody else wouldn't have found. And no one's calling you at 3 o'clock in the morning. Not often but, but it happens. happened so how is it different like i mean growing up when i would hear people talk about chiropractic work they would always talk about it in this like you either loved it yeah. or you were suspicious yeah of it. it was sort of right. like wait a minute i can't go to a chiropractor because if i go i'm going to be addicted because right. they're like they say you, you if you go once you have to keep going keep right. going right who started this rumor yeah is it true well, what is that about it depends if you go to a chiropractor you, if it's strictly manipulation, all right, it tends to be following a, a, a uh, pattern of that. The first week you're there three times a week, and then after a month you're there twice a week. Yes, it's something like that. That's the way it's taught in class. So a long time ago, I gave up trying to figure out what chiropractors are doing out there. There's too many different things. I just don't know. So I, I try to get it where. Yes, my patients or people who read what we put out, yeah, this is going to be different. Right. So like, please don't call you a chiropractor. It's just, well, uh, I am. I'm a chiropractor, but I I just don't go along. Yeah. Well, they get a bad rap. Yeah. Yeah. And and a lot of it is rightly so. And some of it is that there's a lot of, in the medical world, that they just don't understand. Right. What we might be doing, whether it's what I'm doing or not, I'll get referrals here from surgeons and others 
and they'll just tell the patient, look, just go to him. I'm not really sure what he does, but I know it works and see. So how old, how long has um, kinesiology been around? 1963. It's pretty new. Yeah. I mean, I think it's relatively new, right? And chiropractic work? 1896. Okay, so kinesiology (laughs) is actually fairly... It's fairly new as applied kinesiology, but it's using Eastern methods that are thousands Thousands of years old. And so it's interesting because like when I when I come in this wonderful room that is super comforting to come in. It is, because you know you're um, gonna come out feeling so much better. Out. Yeah, it's like it's only gonna be better after I shut the door. Um, but you know, it's interesting because it's not like I come in and get my neck cracked, which by the way, I still don't understand how I'm alive after that happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the 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 whole connection and you know how we were talking about it before like when I came in one time my ankle my my left ankle constantly like locks up it's locked right now actually <laughs> and so I'll come in and kind of like size me up and then I'll tell you what the problem is my ankle and the next thing I know you're like relaxing like you're sticking your finger in my jaw muscle or something and like relaxing muscle mm-hmm. and that's connected to your ankle those two things we're mm-hmm. talking and it works every time. And it's just so fascinating to me that something that effective is not being adopted by more practitioners or it, chiropractors. It takes, just because of the changing nature of the world of healthcare, it's, it would be way too much time now to learn how to do it. And you have to spend too much time per patient. Which is a terrible reason and a terrible justification for why it doesn't happen. It's very hard to get somebody to want to learn it. And it's it's also a whole mindset. It's like if I try to explain it to somebody who's a Western or American doctor, it's like if you go for acupuncture to somebody who's, you know, learned here and they're just starting that, they're translating it in their head to Western medicine to decide where they're going and mm-hmm. doing that. If you're, if I always like to say, if you're, if you're going to treat this way with the applied kinesiology, you, you have to be thinking Eastern when you're looking at it. You can't mm-hmm. be thinking Western mm-hmm. saying, well, what's that? And then bring back and forth. It, it's got to, and that's going to take a long, still I'm learning every day. Yeah. So it takes a long time to learn. It. It's, um, not that I ever have, but if I ever did write a book, it would be called Your Ankles Are Attached to Your Ears. <laughs> I think All you right? should write that book. Because it basically, you're, you are one piece. If right. you hurt your ankle, your left pinky knows about it. All right? Is that true? Yeah, sure. It better be. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I you're know it's one, true. You're but all one piece. How does it know about it? So if I hurt my ankle, what does my pinky have to say about it? Like, how does it, it register? Well, it just registers. I mean, I'm picking just any place here, but they register by getting up into the brain mm-hmm. and they, that they may be neighbors. Right. Once you're in the brain, we think of the brain as this neighborhood for vision, this neighborhood for balance, this neighborhood, which are the bigger, grosser movements in your brain. But the whole, you have to look at it as the whole brain and the whole as one piece. So anything that comes up there, the ouch from your brain is also connected to here, connected to here, connected to here, right. connected to your jaw. What, what can I do? Where, where can I reach 
to interfere with that. Right. Rank. But you just happen to have like you the, just the code and, and the, the key to the map that, that... You could feel it. Yeah. After a while, you could feel it. You could feel the pulses. So I think one thing that we've talked about in, in various other modalities and certainly in our own just regular conversation is this concept of aging and how... Oh, we're going to go there? We're going to go there. Because, I mean, well, I think it's interesting, especially in light of what we just said, that, you know, you treated my parents, right? And me Mm -hmm. starting from when I was in high school and friends, whenever. And there are certainly between tech and just general longevity and, and life expectancy, there are there are different impacts and different influences on the way that we're aging now. What do you see in terms of like how, how we're doing things well and not doing things well and, and, and right. in the way that we're aging as a culture? Well, being you get a different skew on it being in Manhattan on mm-hmm. how, people, how people hustle hustle about. The thing that I'll always think about, keep in my mind, and then try to transfer it over to the patient is that you always have to remember that you have to eat right, think right, poop right, breathe right, right? Exercise, all of that, trying to do things, the whole package. Quite often, aging comes, it's the primary cause is in all likelihood, stress. and Like premature aging. Bad stress, yes. Yeah. And stress, because exercise is a positive stress, right? That's an exercise, you stress the muscles, they get stronger, et cetera, that's positive. Emotional stress or, well, emotional stress, mental stress, that's a negative, all right? And that can hasten the aging process, that you're rushing all the time, that how many people I'll look at it commuting through Grand Central. It seems, you know, like I always look to see, is anybody looking up at that ceiling Mm. besides a tourist? I mean, do you Mm. look at it? I look at it every morning. When I'm coming up the steps, I look I at it. it. <laughs> I look at it too. But right, it's like looking at things like that when you're in the city. Not so easy, but when you're up at, at the house out in the country, do you see the stars? Do you? I saw a shooting you, star last weekend. Yeah, there you go. I mean, people need to take. That's a big thing that you need to get out. When I ask somebody, we need to have you walk. You know, like do 40 minutes of walking every day. And they'll say, that's fine. It's, you know, the treadmill's in my building. And I'm like, no, no it's not the same no, thing. No, no, no. It's better than being sedentary, obviously. It's better if, if it's icing, raining, snowing, you get on the treadmill. But when you're outside, you're using almost 30% more muscle because you got to push off the sidewalk's not moving. Right. You got to move. You probably got to dodge another person or you got to, you know, <laughs> dodge the dead body. Yes. Yeah, right step over. over step right, over the Watch doctor. those steel plates. Um, but all of that's important, but you need to go out um, to walk, right? Not because, okay, I Not because you have some place to go. Or I right. have some place to go and pick something up. No, that, that's a good walk to do also, but that doesn't count. Right. And the more you do that, then you physically expend the stress. Mm-hmm. And you physically expend the stress, you start to slow down the aging process. So really just going out for a walk with the intention going out of going for out a for a walk. It's easy. You don't need any, you don't need a partner. You don't have to join anywhere. You don't have to, you need a coat and sneakers and you can do it every day. 
Like all yeah. you need is a jacket and a hat and a pair of sneakers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's true. You get and there's something to be said for having actual sunlight on your skin and what that does chemically. Right. Yeah. People are afraid of that. Um, I guess over over the decades, the air has changed enough that the sun gets to us more than it used to. Right, meaning ozone. And right. D no, and I was talking about in a good light, like in a good sense. Right. Like you this. need the light. Uh, this time of year, I just, maybe you would have seen that one, but I always put it, when we turn the clocks back, mm-hmm. I always tell everyone to take an extra vitamin D. Mm-hmm. When we turn the clocks back ahead, then you can go back to taking one a day. And it all has to do with the angle of the sun, the daylight, mm-hmm. how much D you'll produce. So you don't need as much in the spring and summer as you would in the winter and right. later fall. So it's, it's, that's, that's one thing for daylight, important mm-hmm. for vitamin D and important for, again, stress release, sunlight, important. You can see some stressful studies of people that were isolated in a room, in a tank, no windows. It becomes a problem in a hurry. Yeah. Well, it manifests in so many different ways in your body, mm-hmm. I think. You mentioned something about exercise before. And I, I'm i curious, just because I think now maybe maybe we see it more because we're in the wellness world as opposed to just like the general population. But there are so many new and different ways to exercise now, whether it's like HIIT training and all of these like gym boxes. And mm-hmm. I mean, are there... What are, like, what's your take on what's, what's, what are good... Yeah ways to exercise and good approaches for overall longevity and what feels like it's causing more harm than okay. good? First of all, I, I also teach anatomy and kinesiology at college. Mm-hmm. So if my answer starts going too long, you could go of course. time out. Yeah, okay? no, but what, what I'll say to them when we talk about something like that would be, here's, you know, I'll, I'll stand and I'll hold an eraser or something in my hand and just ask, does anybody in this room think that when I let go of this, it'll stay here? Mm-hmm. All right. Or do you think it'll go that way or that way? Or do you think it'll just go straight down? Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the answer for the exercise. Like you're saying, if it's all has to do with gravity, resistance is what the exercise is. So the take of it is that all these things that come out, whether it's, um, it could be yoga, Alexander, Pilates, Feldenkrais, all all of that, Mm -hmm. right? All of those different (laughs) techniques, they're all terrific. And people will say, which one is better to do? The better one to do is the one that you'll get to (laughs) and that you like the instructor. Right. Overall, at the end of the day, are they that different from each other? Not really. So that you'll go and you'll get that physical work. Yeah, um, you'll go somewhere that'll do their training or weight training, or you're supposed to only do your upper body today and your lower body tomorrow. And that one, I'll say, well, what can you do in the outside world where you're only going to use your upper body? So you want to ideally mimic things that you would you do, do in nature, right? You want to do it all like, day, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you want to do things where you're... You're moving. You're you're moving, and you're. So you don't even. You're you're not fussed with like what to, like high intensity interval training is not any better or worse in your mind and in, not in terms not of- for the average person that we're talking about. If I'm 
talking to somebody who is going to be playing professional something, then yeah, then that's a whole different training thing. Mm-hmm. But those people are few and far between. Right. For the rest of us, we need to do a little bit of everything. Right. Every day. So that's, and it doesn't matter. You could do weights. You could do uh, the, um, it's at the gym that I'll go to. And I always forget if it's PRX or DR. Oh, the TRX. The straps. straps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's your body weight that you're using. Mm -hmm. That's good. And if somebody doesn't want to go to a gym, I'll have them do calisthenics or the exercises <laughs> that I give you to do. Calisthenics. I haven't heard that word since yeah, the 80s. I know. It's my age <laughs> coming up. Every time I like, go to the park out. and you see like the... All right. The, like, all right. Qigong. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, there's Qigong, but then there's just the straight up, they're just doing their calisthenics. Their calisthenics. Yeah. No, there's a guy, there's right. a guy I see every morning. Yeah. I look out the window, he goes out to the pier in Brooklyn Bridge Park and he does exactly that. Yeah. And I, he's like this all old Asian dude yeah. and he's just like they're marching right. up he's and doing, down. He's doing... um. Tai Chi. No, no, no. He's no. literally just doing no, like jumping jacks. And oh, like yes. High kicks. Oh. But, it's yeah. like your basic 80s aerobics. Yeah. yeah. Calisthenics. Right. Yeah. But it's, it's still a thing. Yeah. It'll always be as long as gravity, yeah. as long as the yeah. earth is spinning. So then what do you think about, um, because I can't, I just hate, I can't stand going to the gym. It's just too boring. Like I need to be like mentally like engaged. Like I get, mm-hmm. totally get the meditative, like, effect that it has for people where you could just like zone out and run for miles or walk for miles or whatever. Um, but it just, I can't do it. So I'm always looking for something a little bit, I don't know, out of the box to do like tennis, something that, that I was, like what I was going to say playing for some like people it's tennis. Right. Yeah. Yes. But what do you, wait, what do you think about uh, the trampoline? Yeah. Because like we both have one. Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? We got, yeah. We got some tramps. We're talking about the small. The mini ones. The yeah. mini ones. Yeah. Individual yeah. rebounders. Yes. Yeah. Right. What do you think about that for yeah. just general? No, for general, Wellness. as much as you could do on that, and you could do jumping jacks, you could move feet. Oh, they've got yeah. videos yeah. with like 30, I don't 80, think you're you know, doing 30, flips on it. 50 minute uh, workouts no. on those things. No. But yeah, no, that's a good, and it should be done in common. You, you'll do that inside, but you would still, if it was nice enough for you to be outside, if you spent the 40 minutes on the tra- trampoline, spend the 40 minutes outside. Right. I think I'm going to put it on my terrace. I, that's a good idea. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Get some cold air. Maybe I'll do like polar bear. Polar bear trampoline. Yeah. Polar bear bounce. Polar bear. Just make sure um, the fence like on the this. terrace is high enough. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay. I like that your approach feels very much, it's very intuitive. It's like intuitive eating. It's like, don't overthink it. Just do what you right. would be doing if you are still, you know, if we were in prehistoric times or just do something as opposed to nothing. Well, yeah. Um, there it was a little stressful because you had to chase down. You sure. That's right. right. That's right. right. But, yeah. Um, but you mentioned, and Zoe wanted to go back to it, and I do too. You, When you talked about Pilates, you also talked about Alexander Technique and Feldenkrais, which mm-hmm. I study those oddly. And I would love for you to explain a bit more about them because I, you just jogged a memory that when I was a, when I was a theater major in college, uh, we did Feldenkrais. And I don't Sorry, even... Sorry, can you spell that, please? F-E-L-D-E-N-K-R-A-I-S, Feldenkrais. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and it's a technique. Um, why would we do it in acting class? Like, why did, why did I do Pos- this? Posture. It's, it's posture. posture. Alexander's posture. And Alexander's it's posture. It's posture and breathing? It's posture, it's breathing, and it's also maintaining the posture while you're doing your lines or right. singing. Because at that point, you might forget 
that you're supposed to maintain your posture. Yeah. So by having done those drills over and over again, you'll tend but to... But I remember fit. something about just like very, very like tiny, tiny, tiny movements. Like mm-hmm. this would be something like you just move these two fingers back and forth for like 20 minutes while you're breathing. Like what? Yeah. What? Hey, each one of these things have th- some things that might be a little... Theater majors. Yes. All right. <laughs> the Alexander little... technique is something that I'm j- literally just about to explore because I need to check all those boxes Mm -hmm. because I've been having whatever I've been having like breathing issues for two years now and I feel like it's probably just too much caffeine but um there is some there is some kind of weird like even when I experiment with it like there is obviously a very real connection between posture and breath and like you know staying engaged in your core while taking a deep breath in I think I've gotten so in my head about breathing over the past two years that I <laughs> just like it's not as natural as breathing anymore. It's not as natural as breathing. There is no <laughs> such thing as natural breathing for me now because I'm so like, should I be belly breathing? Should I be breathing with my chest? Should I be like, are my ribs too splayed out? Like it gets real crazy in here when it comes <laughs> to breathing. It, it's real. It's getting to be a real pain in the ass. So I was going to explore um, Alexander techniques. So what do you think about that? And have you said right. anything? We so, all just sat up really straight. I know there, everybody's right? posture changes. Yes, Everyone stuff, right? this. But yes. <laughs> the uh, number, the first muscle of breathing. Diaphragm. Okay. And the diaphragm sits horizontal. Yeah. Right. So it's in here, right? Uh-huh. And then I take a breath in, the diaphragm goes down, mm-hmm. right? Take a breath out, it's coming up. That's the first one. So core wise, it's not so much that that needs to be stronger as much as it needs not to be. Compressed. Yeah, folded over, right. flexed. All right. So that's where something like Alexander technique takes over. I know they're big on thinking about a cord pulling you straight up, mm-hmm. holding here straight, and always giving the room for the already. diaphragm. It's helping already until we all in forget in like seven well, minutes. The interesting thing right now also is if you if you were to take a deep breath and take it through your mouth. Like that, right? And now stick your tongue out and do the same thing. And it'll be very cold in there. More air coming in. Right, because you get the tongue out of the way. So a lot of people with sleep apnea have that problem. Mm. It sits back in that closet. And this would be that that's just a very easy way to show what did you do by getting yourself. Oh, wait, you stick your tongue out and then you get more. Stick your tongue out and take in. <laughs> As you breathe in, you could you could feel it. You could feel it more cold, right? You could feel more air. You look, you look so yes, natural. Yes, it's not something that. Am you I sitting up with my string in my head yeah, and my tongue out of my mouth? Your tongue out of your mouth and you're upright. But yeah. that's just showing you. I'm aging. Easy, health, you could show. What does this do for you? What does Alexander do? It, it in effect, your tongue is up here, but it's getting the same thing to happen for your diaphragm. Get this up. The diaphragm has more room to go. <laughs> Are we keeping you up? And now you'll take the yawn in. Yeah. Sorry, because more I was just the, the yawning oxygen. gives you the oxygen. I, I digress. Okay, so it's where I'm going to do it. Hey, do you want to do it with me? Sure. Okay. All right. I'll go sit and breathe with you. But and sit up straight. And sit up straight. Sit up straight. All day long. You can breathe out. One thing that you can do to relax for breathing is that you concentrate, number one, that exhaling is, comes first. Right, that's my. So if you think about it, that's what I was. Then you get it where exhaling comes first. Then you you blow out for the count of eight, 
Hey. I just got to yawn. And then you breathe in on the count of four. I know. I try to do four. that. I, I read a lot about this. It's supposed to be relaxation breathing. And it's, it's like some military like mind trick that supposedly you fall asleep within five minutes or less you of really doing this technique. Do. I've done it. It's I crazy. have trouble with it. I feel like... I am I not am I doing it too fast or not doing it fast enough? But every time I try to do that, like in for four, out for eight, I feel like I'm literally out of breath and then I'm gasping for the next oh, one. Oh, I do too. So what am I doing the wrong? Only time I, sorry, just to mm-hmm. go back to another point, like when I feel like uh, when I've done that uh, and I've actually fallen asleep, it's when I'm in bed trying to fall asleep. No, I know, me too. Yeah. Oh, okay, but that's when I, I'm trying to do it while I'm like trying to fall asleep in bed, and I feel like I I actually. Like I start gasping for air, and then like my the breath becomes much shorter because I, I don't know I'm 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 not doing it I, right. No, I think you would have to learn how to do it when you're awake and sitting up. Okay, and save doing it for bed once you feel pretty comfortable doing it. All right, but I so you don't overthink it. You don't over, I don't think it has to be like exactly eight. I think it's just it's like just have a right. supposed to be longer than your okay. Yeah, yeah. you want to get it to the point. I like to that follow you're the rules. Count in front of you. <laughs> so you're not you tell counting. me eight, I'm doing eight. Right. And, uh, sometimes I can't get to eight, or and yeah. I can't get to four. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, All right. that's not. Oh my god! Don't that get just bogged down. Totally just changed my world. I just <laughs> colored outside the lines. <laughs> wow. Um, okay. Um, wait. So can I ask what what is the most common? So. What is the most common ailment or connection um, people have when they have difficulty breathing? Like, is there, you know, like your ankles connected to your knees kind of thing? Like, what's connected to your diaphragm? Like, if your diaphragm's out of whack and your breathing is out of whack, yeah. what is that affecting mechanically? That's going to be chronic, chronic problems, chronic inflammation. So, something that's been lingering for a long time, quite often, mm. you're not as that little list that I said before, you're not sleeping right. And when you're not sleeping right, you're not breathing right when you're sleeping. And yeah, so that, that'll start to play because you're not getting enough oxygen. You're not getting enough Rex. So what's the most common? Probably the quickest would be headaches mm. would come up first. Mm. That would drive the person here usually quickest. So if somebody comes in and says, I have a headache, you don't necessarily say like, let me adjust your neck. Do you, would you ask then how are you breathing or how? Yeah, how I'd you say how, how many hours a night do you sleep? And, you know, most people will say that, you know, they sleep five, they sleep six. Okay, the, the next question to ask, though, always is when do you go to sleep? Mm-hmm. Because so many people go to sleep. Well, I, I get to sleep before one in the morning. You know, then they get their six and they wake up at eight, seven here mm-hmm. and figure, well, I got the, the right time. And our bodies still aren't made to do that. No, Your body's made not. to go to sleep when it gets dark. Yeah. Right now, culturally, we've fought that off, which is fine. You can do it. But if somebody's having trouble, I have to take that one o'clock person and tell them, okay, you need to get into bed to go to sleep at 1245. And then I'll work for 1230. And then hopefully I'll get somewhere 11. I mean, I don't think it's any coincidence that the past Three nights in a row, I have been in bed, probably asleep by like 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And I've slept longer mm-hmm. and better yeah. and uh, probably almost like eight hours for yeah. the past three nights, which is kind of unheard of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think it's so the only thing that I changed was I Your went bedtime. to bed earlier. Yeah. 
And you also get about like two hours. It doesn't yeah. help to sleep later. No, it doesn't. Sleeping you can't make later up for in it. the morning is not giving you anything better. You only make up positive in the beginning. Right. That's giving you where the better sleep is and the healing sleep and the rest is wait a minute, wait the, a minute. The first minute. half of your sleeping. That part I didn't tell there. So if you mm-hmm. go to bed at midnight and wake mm-hmm. up at eight AM, you're saying that that eight hour block of sleep is not as good. Well, no, for that person, the good block that's good is from midnight to like three in the morning. It's only in the beginning of your sleep. So let's say that person said, well, I don't have to get up at six. I'll sleep till 10. Right. That extra four hours, it's not... It's not not healing you. The healing part is happening. So that's why you start going to sleep earlier. Your body will adjust to the sun and you'll start to get a little better sleep, healing sleep. Okay, so I know you also, on that note, talk a lot about supplements. You talk about nutrition. Do you ever suggest people who are sort of out of whack and their rhythm is, you know, screwed up? Do you ever suggest melatonin? Well, there, there we're going to pick something. So that's a protein, right? And it and it triggers off other proteins in you that will trigger off sleep, right? Melatonin tryptophan said. So I don't know. I, I don't use it all by itself. No, I'll, it may be part of some combinations of Chinese herbs and um, adaptogens, which I saw you had somebody that also. But yeah, we're to big that on one. adaptogens. <laughs> right. yeah, we're but talk adaptogens about and herbs to help with sleep and that's in there. Mm-hmm. It's all combined in this. So but it's, it's like a little cocktail. Yes. Yeah. Rather yeah. than just saying, yeah, melatonin, on melatonin its own. Alone. Not so good. It's one reason why, um, not, you know, if you boost just that protein, it might work the first couple of times you do right. it. And then but you have to then keep all of a sudden, more. it's not working uh, anymore. It's kind of screwing with your hormones too, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. it'll get there, but you got to take a fair amount for that. But still, twenty milligrams, boy, (laughs) it'll it'll get you. But um, the tryptophan—that's one reason why people. One of the reasons why somebody might fall asleep after having turkey next next week, right? Right, more tryptophan triggers off more serotonin, da 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 da, right, and triggers off sleep. Besides being way too full. I will not I be having to. No, thank oh, you. Oh, but you will—you'll be happy to know that I tried steak for the first time in twenty years. <laughs> Hold on, your hat. <laughs> he literally gone. almost just fell out of his oh, chair. Hold on. <laughs> Guess what? Felt yeah. no different. You felt no different. <laughs> no, right, you tried it once. Uh, a couple times. Oh, okay. Like a few hand. I probably don't try to. Like, She's steak curious. Uh huh. <laughs> well, it was just specifically red meat, but yeah. So I had yeah. it probably, you know, just like a few bites, three different occasions over the past. I don't know. Five months or something. Mm-hmm. I did not feel any significant change. I mean, and I know people who you can't have feel it after eating it one time either. Yeah, but, but no, your but blood type is what your blood. I don't remember. I no. really want to say was it's it O? o? Yeah, that's probably why I told you because type O are meat eaters. Type A are more agrarian. Yeah, I have to figure out what that is. So you're be- you get behind eating for your blood type. Yes. Yeah. As for Years since the eighties, been, <laughs> been doing that, but learning it from see that the books and all of that is written 
the the man who did the work, all right, his journals is what we learned from in school. Mm-hmm. Then his son wrote the books and the blood that's, type what, diet. that's what you see all out there. Online. Is it based on Chinese medicine? No, it's, it's based not. on him making an observation that if you had a pet giraffe, all right, and it needed a blood transfusion, any the next giraffe that walked by, you could give it its blood, right? There's no such thing as a type A blood giraffe and a type O giraffe. Just the same as if we went for a hike and, uh, you know, up the Hudson there, you don't expect to walk into a, a zebra or an elephant out there in the woods. They're not there. They are where they are. They eat what they I eat. See, right, right, their right. blood type is what their blood type is. Humans are all over the globe. We're high all different. Yeah. Yep. So humans began, theoretically, if you want, but... Right, Mesopotamia and I think all we that area. Okay. <laughs> you think that's <laughs> where? Good company. Right. That's good. I always, I always start off my class. We're okay with science Start off my class, and I always say, "Listen, this is anatomy class, kinesiology. In this room, evolution occurred." Right. Said so this, so we got to got to go with. We got to get on that. All right. Bus. So man it starts there, and primary that was they were meat eaters. Yes. Okay, so that's and that was type O is actually type zero. Oh, no, no antigens, no, no okay. antigen. That's what it means. So, so it's type zero, not really a letter. Not an O. Okay, so there's none. So that that's why type O would be the universal donor because you're right. not worried about it giving the other protein blood types the wrong antigen. And I'm protein. AB positive, which is universal recipient, right? Right. Because there you can get from an A, you can get from a B, and you can I'll get from a zero. From but you can't. Such you know. a taker. I'm such a taker. But you uh-huh. can't give? My, my blood type yes. diet. Yeah, I can't give. My blood type diet. Well, A, she can give to an AB. Can it give to right. an AB? But that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but supposedly I'm supposed to eat a lot of mutton, which, sorry, that's you never happening. That's where I think that. Well, if he's listening, he'll be upset. But I think that's it's never happening. Got, that's if you're listening, I'm not eating mutton. It's just never happening. He, Let me tell you what else he is got a, he, <laughs> he got he got a little carried away to fill a book. Uh, right. I, you know, yeah, that probably happens very often. I mean, because yeah. type O are meat eaters, and so when I give these diets to my patients, I'll say, okay, so here's the listing and the summary out of that book. I said, but a big grain of salt here. Right. You know, you're supposed to think more meat if that's what you are, less on the wheat. If you're type A, it's more vegetable, et cetera. Problems always come when you have, you know, a couple living together and you're A and he's O. Right. So have you seen any, just like anecdotally, have you seen like some real turnaround in patients who yeah. have started eating for their blood type? Yeah. And what kind of, what were they struggling with before? And struggling then how with... And, and this one one man that I'm thinking of here, he he always said, "How come no one else knows this? How come nobody else?" <laughs> and I would say, "Cause he's type B, all right." And type B's is where I see this most dramatic change. Hmm. Type B blood has some kind of a reaction to chicken, and it's like chicken. How could it? And I, so this negative man, negative reaction. Negative reaction. So this man already 
well into his 60s when I first saw him and for his back and his knees. But then he's always complaining, you know, telling me, oh, today I can't eat anything. My stomach's bothering Why? And he would tell me and I'd say, well, do we know what blood type you are? He says, yeah, I bet gray, I'm B. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you this. You'll look at me like I'm crazy, but I want you to do it for a month. No chicken. And no more, no more stomach problems. Wow. Really? None. All right. So how much no chicken? chicken. <laughs> yeah, right? No chicken, no shellfish. Oh, so, no shellfish. Yeah, no, you didn't yeah, mention yeah, that. Him, Ooh, him now you really yeah. like that. The yeah, for, him, for him, for him, it got. But for the most part, I would tell a type B person that's having that. I said, just have, it doesn't work 100% of the time, but when it works, it's yeah. wow, that. That's interesting. A type A person should never go get a roast beef sandwich at lunch because you're going to fall asleep in the afternoon. Right. There's no two ways about it with the meat. Uh, you could have it at night. Nothing terrible is going to happen to you if you have meat every now and again. But it should be later on because you'll it's get so tired. It's to remember. It is a lot to remember. It becomes a lot to remember. Basically, but I'm like, I okay. know how to make a drink or something. But <laughs> so we, you know what? I just need a chart and I'm sure that they're out there. But like yeah. type B, bad you bird, can... bass. <laughs> bad bird, bass. That's um, how I'm going to She can print that. them out before you go. Okay, I have great. Them. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> what, what, do I, what am I supposed to avoid? Type A, B? A, B. A, B, you, you kind of wind up in the middle there. Some the universal but, recipient. Yes, but you're definitely, you know, to say mutton, right? That's, <laughs> uh, that's what you're supposed to eat, right? I mean, I feel like I need to be carrying like a that scepter means, and, yeah. and sitting at medieval it, time. It primarily means if, if it's available for you to get something that's more gamey as far as meat, that'll work. So yeah. in other words, if you had it, oh, thank you. Well, bison and elk and no, those things you. are available. Ostrich. It's Ostrich. not happening. We had that when we went to Cape Town. That was pretty was, good. I've was had good. it once. Yeah. I'll but tell you anyway, what happened yeah. when I had ostrich. What? You started running and no, you started yourself. We were at a friend's house. <laughs> we ordered from Bear Burger, which has a uh, lovely yeah. menu yes. of all different types of meats. Right. And this was at a time I was like, okay, I'm gonna, I need like my body's kind of craving something. Ordered an ostrich burger. It didn't taste bad, by the way. Was it this was Brian's actually, suggestion? No, it was my own. <laughs> um, I had nightmares the entire night that I was being chased by an ostrich. <laughs> oh, really? I was totally traumatized. <laughs> really? Never again. <laughs> Never, again. <laughs> Never again. It's not like not all this it's that good that it's worth it. Yeah, not worth it. No. But yeah, AB will, will be more... The chicken has an effect on... Some. No chicken. No birds. What about eggs? Do our oh, eggs? Yeah. Good question. I eat a lot of eggs. Yeah. I know people when people eat eggs, they eat a lot of eggs. Yeah. Right, but it, it, it hasn't. Proteins haven't combined to become what's in the chicken. So it's just so like an, an egg. An egg still, is so all right. Not really like a full protein yet. It's more right. Of a seed, it's not even an egg. Yeah, it's just so the an egg. egg is a seed. Yeah. Okay, so it doesn't. It's irrelevant for this conversation. Yeah. Well, but people always ask that: Can I have eggs? So yes, eggs also get a bad rap. You know, it's not. I eat eggs it's all not the time. A terrible. I feel like every week yourself, it's a different wrap on eggs. Yeah, you, you make something. You use two eggs. Yes, you could take one yolk out and make it like that. But there's nothing terrible in there. When you put cheese, right? You put some That's how you dress them up. Yes, then you're putting in too much way of fat. Too much other stuff. But what's like the one piece of advice? Always count on people messing up. Yeah, so that's that's okay. What's the one piece of advice? That could apply to everybody. Definitely look up. 
Look around. Oh, that's a Look good up. one. All right. That's definitely a big thing. Stop. Look. Don't look when you're walking. You know, notice that. Oh, I didn't ever notice that building had, you know, that kind of sculpture on the yeah, door. Right. Or so it seems really like, like just that. like to stop and look around. You, you just dropped your stress levels like 10, 20%. Yeah. Just by looking around. Walk. Get off your phone while you're walking. Get off your phone while you're walking. Getting to be almost as dangerous as driving when you walk. It's really true. It's so true. I watched as I leave here and go down to Grand Central, there was a woman walking up toward me, maybe during the summer. And I first thing you could hear is the clapping of her heels. And she's all the way down. That like, must be on, your favorite down, sound. Down like the hill. Akin right. to boom, a boom, cash boom. register. To, and she is screaming <laughs> at this person on her phone mm. and not looking. She's just looking. And I see she's walking to this pole <gasps> and just square into the oh, boom. Right. She deserved oh. it. And, and she, she just gets pushed back, like missed barely a word. And she and just continues and just keeps on going. Oh, God. And every that, now and again, she's... you definitely have to stick your hand out. Somebody's only looking at the phone. They keep going. Yeah. The cars, I know. You know. It's infuriating. But yeah, get off the phone. Uh, look around. Yeah, and look look around. I like it. Do that. Do your exercise outside. Don't get so hung up on what's in the food. Um, just get to, you should You should nutritionally... You should always leave the table a little hungry. Yeah. You should never eat to the point that, ah, I can't have it. Right. That's probably the healthiest thing, eating less. Yeah. So basically your advice is move, like, move to a, new, a different country. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, just, no. Just use common sense. It's really what it is. And just like, don't ever tread lightly. It feels like tread lightly at the dinner table. Tread lightly when you're walking around. Yeah. It's like just... Just eat, eat slower. Don't oh, watch the news, especially lately yeah. when you're eating. Listen to something or watch something that's silly. You know, talk to the people that are across. How many times do you go out to eat and half the people no, are, unacceptable. are just texting, right? No phones on the All table. All over the restaurants now. Oh, not at the table that we're at, though. No. Not at my table. Not at my table. table. But Definitely at the not other at my tables, table. I don't like it. They do it. Sometimes the parent is looking and the poor kid is sitting there and, you know. I know. Nobody I'm to talk to. That, definitely. Uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, you know, we've all done it. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for all of this. This is uh, very, it's common sense wisdom, which is very refreshing. And there's try. like a little bit of too much information and too much like preaching and dogma about very simple things. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's a step back. Step it is back a step back. Let's get real, and then then we can move ahead normally. Thanks for zooming out with us. Doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, thank you. Well, Till next time. Great. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thanks for listening to HTW. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and make sure and rate us on iTunes. You can even give us five whole stars if you think we deserve it. If you have ideas for guests or topics, you can call our 1-800 number. Yes, we have a 1-800 number at 800-674-1839 or holler at us on social at HTW Podcast. 
You can also head to our website at hgwpodcast.com for more episode info and check out our Daily Blend blog to see what we're drinking. <laughs>